Welcome to Publish Me, the monthly podcast series from AS21 Publishing, exploring the publishing process of the fantasy epic, The Will of the Magi. I'm your host, Keith F. Shelflin, publisher and chief creative of AS21 Publishing, and here as always is... Hello everyone, this is Paul Russell, the author of The Will of the Magi. I hope everyone is doing well this month as spring finally breaks over us. Yes. This is the March 2016 edition of the Publishing Podcast, Chapter 12, First Reaction. Uh, we were a little bit coy at the end of last month because we weren't exactly sure what we were going to do this month, but this month's episode is another guest one. and We welcome back Editor-in-Chief Corey Parker of AS21. He has now read through the first 10 chapters of Paul's book, so he'll be giving... Uh, this will be a first reaction in a discussion with Paul about some of the editing. We're just going to go ahead and say spoiler alert right here for the entire episode. If you do not want to be spoiled about anything about Will the Magi, stop listening right now. Thank you very much for listening so far. If you make sure if you want to reach out to us, Twitter at Publish Podcast, Facebook.com slash Publish Podcast, Google Plus, various other sites, and our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Publish Podcast. And otherwise, keep in contact with us. Email publishpodcast at as21.com. Thank you for listening if you don't want spoiled. For those those that don't care or still still want to listen in on this, really, it's really kind of a personal thing for an editor, conversation between an editor and an author. So we're just offering that special to you as part of the podcast here. So now, quick update. Where what happened, Paul, in the last month? Is this month of February? As um, for those who uh, listened last month, my goal was to get a lot of progress done in February to get as close as I can to finishing the book. I did make some good progress. However, I did not get close enough to finishing the book because I was sick for two thirds of the month of February, and it was a rather nasty thing on my end. Um, so I wasn't able to get all the work done that I was able, to, that I wanted to be able to do. However, I am significantly closer. But one of the major things I did do was when we previously had Corey on here, um, he did give me a, a small note or two about things that he liked from the, from his first reaction and, and from his first reaction. Um, and so I, I was actually able to do a little bit of rewriting and some scenes that made some of the plot points that I've already covered, but no one else has read yet, flow a little bit easier for the storyline. Okay, so without further ado, we're going to keep this short as possible, because we know some of these episodes have gotten pretty long lately. So I'm going to dispatch with any other news and updates, and we'll go right into the discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Publish Me podcast, Ace 21 Editor-in-Chief, Corey Parker. How's it going? Hey, Corey. Hey. <laughs> All right. First, first off, let me apologize for not sending you the marked up copy yet. Uh, <clears throat> that will be coming to you, and that's actually a lot of. It's going to be really like little detail stuff as well, and that's not really relevant for this podcast. So I thought we could talk about like big picture stuff, maybe general ideas and. And uh, where the story is going. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I finished reading the ten chapters, I think, about a month ago, like right around the end of January, early February. 
so it took me about a month to get through it, but you know, we all have day jobs and other stuff going on, so right <laughs> takes a takes a little bit. Um, I think one of the things I remarked to you is that I really enjoyed the the prologue. Yep. Um, and I hadn't seen that last year when I read the first few chapters. So it really kind of intrigued me, and I was trying to figure out, you know, who is this mysterious woodsman, and who is this mysterious other being who he rescues. Um, I've got some theories. I'm not quite sure yet, though, so I think I need to read more. And I did go back after reading the ten chapters and, and read the prologue again, um, but... I'm still quite not sure who he is. So I don't know if I want to speculate about that yet or not. Maybe we should move on to something else first. Okay. Yeah, that's fine with me. I'll keep that. That's a, that's a note I'll keep in mind. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to be writing down things as you talk, too. So. <laughs> okay. Actually, the one thing I did think um, after watching uh, The Two Towers this weekend... It kind of reminded me a little bit of, of the uh, interspecies relationship between uh, Aragorn and Arwen a little bit. You could see the seeds of a possible romance there. Just a, just a thought. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, since we are going with a spoiler alert, yes, that, that's kind of, yeah, that is kind of the going point there. I, I, you know, I'll, just, I'll state that for the obvious point. Yes, that is, that is one of the points there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good. So you fo- you uh, follow the clues in the prologue really well. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. I I kind of sensed that. Um, I think that could be a really interesting storyline, but I don't know if that's going to fall within this book or maybe a future book. Okay, I mean it does it does fall into the into the book. Um, that that point, the point that you bring up in the prologue, those characters. Um, that's the main thing I did for my rewriting over the past month of February. Uh-huh. Um, my original plot point wasn't to introduce, uh, to reintroduce the, that otherworldly female character mm-hmm. until the very end of the book. Um, I actually reintroduced her around, uh, uh, basically what is going to be the halfway point in the book. You know, she is going to make her reappearance at a relatively amusingly crucial time for the main character and his friends um, in their own personal plots within the human civilization. Right. Okay, that makes sense. I look forward to getting to that point. So, Chapter 10 kind of ends with the end of the goblin battle. And Aiden is about to begin his quest. Yep. So, I think that was a good stopping point for the first part of the story. I think that's pretty pretty solid, pretty nice chunk there. So now he's on his way to the college. Yes. Uh, presumably in the capital city or equivalent. Yes. Yep, that's exactly where he's off to. And now it should get more interesting, I think. Yeah. Oh, Not yeah. that it wasn't interesting before, but I think the pace maybe will pick up in terms of uh, you know, what happens to him. Aiden. Yeah, it definitely. There's definitely um, the amusement uh, in terms of you being the reader at this point, um, because I take him from a 
family setting where that he's used to and everyone, you know, acknowledges him to another one where, as I'm sure you've seen with the reading, it's not as obvious as to what he's expected to do or what, how he's acknowledged, maybe. Also, I want to say, uh, having read the first three chapters a year ago or whatever it was, two years ago, I don't remember. Yeah, um, almost two years ago now, yeah. <laughs> they definitely flow better now and make better sense than they did before. Uh, they're tighter, I think, which is good. Uh, the whole, the whole scene with the magic stone, reading through that, everything kind of made sense to me this time. Okay. Whereas a couple of years ago, I was like, okay, how does that really work though? Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely, definitely much better now. Uh, Aiden seems like, uh, like a pretty nice guy, actually, which is, which is good. I hope he, I mean, you could go, you could go a couple different ways with this, you know. He, he could become more, shall we say, infatuated with his power and, and turn into a dick. You know, <laughs> kind of, kind of like, uh, kind of like Rand does, at least a little bit in real time. Yeah, Rand does become... At least toward a, the end. Yeah, he definitely does become a bit of a prick. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm hoping that won't happen, but even if it does, you could definitely make it interesting. If you choose to go that route. Yep. I actually had a question for you. Um, sure. In terms of the reading, specifically, you know, as you mentioned, chapter uh, chapter ten, with, at the end of the battle scene and all that. Right. Um, there is that one particular little little section of that chapter scene where Aiden is rushing off to confront the goblin menace, mm-hmm. and the. Village matrons are pulling up behind him. Right. What did you think of that particular section? I liked it. I, I mean, you, you, uh, you threw in some comedy there, which was good. Um, the only question I had about that was, I'm wondering how they got so skilled with not just the clubs but the spears. I was looking at that again this morning. Okay. How did they get the training to do that? Well, it's, pos- it's possible that Ellen, uh, however you pronounce that, Alan, Elaine, the Elaine. warrior dude, yeah. yeah, maybe he trained them. I don't know. So that's certainly plausible, but uh, it just it just made me wonder. Maybe they came from somewhere else into the village, or maybe they have a more interesting past. I, I, I thought I had explained it actually in the novel, but you know, from the from my mindset. Uh, again, this is a frontier village. Mm-hmm. So if you are someone who doesn't know how to fight, you're not gonna live. Right. So it's in the, vi- it's in the best interests of everyone in a village like this to know how to use a weapon. You know, with, you know, so everyone, so, and so, you know, we have a lot of men who are farmers, so the men know how, know how to use weapons and bows. Women will also help with the hunting. Women, you know, women will know how to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go, if, you know, in terms of my own research, if you look at tribal societies, um, which is essentially a way you could view these, you know, um, villages. There are, they are quasi tribal in certain aspects. You could see, you know, the women in those societies do fight just as much as the men do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they you tend to use the weapons just as well, so I, that's how I viewed it. 
Yeah, no, it was it was definitely clear that they had experience in battle experience. Yeah, that mm. was definitely clear. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad for that. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a really tough village, you know, but then I guess you would have to be living on the borderlands. Kind right. of have to fend for yourselves most of the time. Right. Oh. Okay. So the, uh, I do want to bring up the, uh, the officer guy, Arthur. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think it would be good if he continues to show up as sort of a nemesis for, for Aiden. Maybe, oh, maybe down the line when they all get back to the capital city. Oh yeah. It's, does he reappear? Um, he does reappear, um, that is definitely something that does happen. Um, you know, Captain Arfur is definitely, you know, a, a, he is a dick. Um, and he's one who follows the absolute letter of the law when it suits his purposes. Um, and he, his, the reappearance he makes is purely, again, because he's gotten wind of, you know, this r- law breaking that Aiden's doing. He just wants to punish him. But. Right. Okay, that's good. Um, I think we definitely need some human-human conflict, as well as just human goblin. Oh yeah. So that that'll be good. There is going to be a lot of human-human conflict when you get to the capital city. I can imagine. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yep. Excellent. Cool. Did you have any other questions? Realistically, that, I mean, that was my one major, you know, one major question about was about the village matrons and that particular little, you know, escapade. Um, oh, I mean, um, in terms of, um, Aiden himself, I mean, up until, you know, for the first ten chapters, Aiden is realistically the only person who you see using magic for the most part up until yeah. very end of, you know, in chapters nine and ten where you get to see a little bit of magic usage. From the other two magi, um, whose names are, uh, Scythia and I can't remember the other guy's name off the top of my head. And my notes are not in front of me for him. Um, yeah, I can't, uh, but you know, we have, so you have essentially up until this point, you have three magi, uh, or two fully trained magi and then Aiden, who are the only people who you see using magic. Um, what do you, do you have any opinions on, how you view Aiden using his magic. Um, does he seem like, does he have a good balance of magic, or does he look like a character who, like, again, like Rand from Wheel of Time, where he's just a walking god on the field, and, you know, it's like, oh, everyone bow down to him because he has all the magic power in the world type deal. Well, he seems very humble, and he also seems like he's fully in control of this magic. Um, yeah, yeah, he does get away from him a little bit in the forest, um, but for the most part, I think he's he's really seems to have mastered how to use it. And okay. That comes from long years of practice in the fields and in the forge, I suppose. Uh, but what struck me in chapter ten was how quickly the other two magi got tired yep. after after doing something that Aiden could have done without a whole lot of effort. Right. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you actually, I'm I'm glad you caught that and that you're commenting on that because that's actually a very key point. 
yeah. with in terms of dealing with Aiden and the other Magi. Yeah, it's an it's an important point for you to make. So yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty clear, I think. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think I do think that Aiden needs to be challenged a little more, and I I think. I am sure that'll happen in the subsequent chapters. Oh yeah. Uh, have you ever read the any of the Recluse books by Ellie Modisit? The Recluse books. Um, yeah, it's like a. I. I probably a have. I probably have. I'm just not recalling off the top of my head. Yeah, it's a long fantasy series started in like the early '90s and it's still going. Who's the author? <laughs> Uh, Ellie Modisit Jr. Okay. Yeah. I'll look him up. Um, it reminded me of the first book because the character there, it kind of goes off on a quest and, you know, leaves his family. And he doesn't really know the extent of his powers until he's out in the world. And he sees other people struggling where he doesn't struggle. And I like that book, but I think the main character had his victories come a little too easily. Even even the last kind of battle that ends the book. Mm. So just keep in mind, you know, he, he needs to suffer a little bit <laughs> in yeah, yeah. order to keep the tension up for the reader so the reader doesn't get bored and like, oh, he, he really is all-powerful, so right. he's never going to lose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just keep that yeah. in mind. I, I, and I know that's a problem for me when it comes to my writing in terms of creating, you know, ever victorious god characters. So I, you know, trying to, you know, make them more human is always an amusing issue of mine. Right. Well, I thought you did a good job of it in chapter 10 when he's forced to not use his magic and he's right. forced to use his, his brain and his, his physical skills, and you see him getting tired near the end, just like a normal person. Right. So I thought that was a good thing you did there. Right. You know, to quote um, Robin Williams, sort of, you know, phenomenal cosmic power, eeny bitty little body. <laughs> you know, yeah. Minor misquote there, but I think the <laughs> general specific gets across to everyone. It was yeah. a paraphrase. That's it. Just a paraphrase, thank you. My brain has been working properly. <laughs> that one little paraphrase there. Cool. Oh. <laughs> oh, I just want to mention briefly, uh, I thought the scene where he becomes an adult was uh, was <clears throat> pretty touching. That, that was actually what I was going to ask you about. Um, oh, okay. That particular scene, you know, where... You know, they're, they realize that he needs to, you know, be declared a man, so they go through the whole ceremony of declaring him a man and, you know, weighing if he is responsible enough to actually be able to be called a man. Mm-hmm. Um, what, yeah, what did you think of that little cultural aspect of the village and of the people here? Uh, I think it fits right in to the setting. I mean, yeah, it made sense. And, if you're on in a little village, the, you know, your life is built around ritual. Right. And, uh, yeah. I think it was. Okay. 
I think it was a good a good thing to have in there. Cool, thank you. They clearly respect him a lot, you know, even more than he realizes until that time. So, right, it was nice to see that. Awesome, thank you. Those are my my uh, major takeaways so far. Okay. And again, I'll, I'll have more detailed stuff, you know, right down to right. Uh, little line edits. I'll send that to you this month. Excellent, I appreciate that. It's been pretty hectic at work for me, so I haven't had a whole lot of extra time lately. But right, uh, no, that, that's life for all of us right now. <laughs> so, Chet, those ten chapters were about, I think, like 120 pages, at least on the device I was reading it on. Uh, I forget what the word count was, but um, I can get that for you right now. Uh, yeah, it was about 120, 125 pages. Uh, let me just get my... I have to scroll through all these things and select all the words to do this for the word count. <laughs> That's a pretty good, pretty good chunk. Of oh, yeah. Book right there. Uh, it's, it's a good chunk of a normal book, but... Normal book. Yeah. Normal size. Yeah. <laughs> normal size book, right. You know, I think we are all going to have that little amusing conversation when I finish writing this thing. It's going to be, you know, Paul, you've written, you know, a book that's, you know, a thousand pages long. What are you going to do with that? Yeah, I'm just looking at the word count. So it's approximately, you know, it would cut, you know, double space with everything. It would be about 120, 125 pages. And that was just shy of 39,000 words. So yeah, that's that's a good uh, like novella length. Yep. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many words. And that's so not many even, words. That's so probably time. only like uh that's probably only like what a quarter of the total maybe a third. No, no, because um, you know I'm at around a hundred. Uh, I'm sorry, no, I'm around 200,000 uh, or just above that right now. So, I mean, that's a fifth of what I have written so far, but I'm still two-thirds until of the way d- until I'm done or so. So, it's going to be a long... Huh? Truly epic. Yes. Well, maybe when, you know, once I have this all done, maybe Keith and we'll be, like, we don't want this to be one book. It's going to be too long. We should cut it into two or three pieces. <laughs> well, that is something we definitely have to consider, obviously. Uh, fantasy books, some, I mean, it's very easily to, easy to turn things into series and right. not just keep it as one book. So. so we shall see what that does to us. <laughs> okay, so any parting thoughts from you gentlemen on this? I mean, obviously, Paul, you haven't had a chance to look over the the actual notes that Corey gave you directly, but uh, I do you feel this was a fair assessment so far? Oh, this is an assessment I'm very happy to hear. Um, most of the things I tried to get across, Corey got very easily. Um, he didn't really have to whack his head too hard to get the points I wanted to get across in those words, uh, in, in those pages and chapters. Um, 
you know, Corey's assessment of my character development, you know, is pretty much on par with where I wanted to be going. So, I mean, that's also really nice to hear. Um, and, you know, again, and Corey was also discussing, you know, the various aspects of the things he was looking forward to seeing. And these are things that I've was planning on, ha- on hope and hoping that these are things that would build interest in my readers. So, so you, you know, I'm, I, for the most part, I'm happy with it. So the foreshadowing and preparedness was properly done. Yeah, from what I'm hearing and from what, you know, Corey has told me, yes, you know, what I prepared, what I was looking to do was on par. Good. That makes me happy, too, because then I get to read about what I was hoping to get to read about later. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, Corey, from uh, you read a rough three paragraphs two years ago. Yeah, three and chapters. Now you got to get, yeah, three, three Yeah, three chapters two years ago. Now, now going back, yes, have you you you've already said that you saw a good development. You saw a good uh, evolution of the writing style and the story. Yeah, I think so. Was it about what you were expecting to get, or? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was definitely hoping for improvement, and uh, that was there. The writing's tighter. Um, when I when I go through and actually do the line edit, I'll pare it down some more. Because, you know, there are places where it's a little wordy, and I think it would be more economical. But okay. that's kind of my job, and not so much for Paul to worry about, so it's not <laughs> a problem. Right. right. Yeah. But yeah, and like I said, I really enjoyed the stuff that I hadn't read before, especially the prologue. Awesome. Yeah. All right. The pr- the prologue was, you know, something I considered many times, but you know, yeah, I it was actually much a much 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 more recent write up than some of the other things. Okay. Okay. So I'm hearing good stuff here. Good progress. Congratulations, Paul. You get to continue on this podcast for another month. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Don't throw them out the window yet. No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> if you pour George R. R. Martin on us, though, you're gone. <laughs> well, all George R. R. Martin has to do at this point is die and just be, and not leave any notes for anyone to do that. And I, you know, uh-huh. I have to make notes for that. <laughs> You could probably kill me and have someone else finish the writing, and it would probably end up the same or better. Who knows? Yeah, it sounds like more work than necessary. So. <laughs> yeah. We would just need to find a Brandon Sanderson type character to uh, hmm. finish up from your notes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to do some quality editing there. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. Sorry. I don't know if you listened to last month's episode, but we did have the first use of a bleep on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. We don't have that many children listening to this, do we? Well, no, but but it's all about the explicit tag. and <laughs> Right. You know, yeah. iTunes doesn't like the swears. So. Well, that means I have to pull uh, Robert Jordan then and just come up with other curse words like, you know. Oh, absolutely. Flaming milk in a cup or, you know. <laughs> Milking goats or whatever his curse words in Wheel of Time are. Right. Yeah, that works. I mean, I've heard 
there's a lot of good swear words out there that from popular culture that oh yeah wouldn't get caught by anyone else. Like was it uh Go Ram from uh Fire? Oh yeah, Go Ram. Uh yeah, what's the other Fire. one from Well Shiny's the good one, but Go Ram's the bad one. Right? Yeah. And then of course all the really intense swearing on that show they do in Chinese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, you know, no one here speaks, so it worked out. True, true. There's also there's like Frack from Star uh oh, from, uh, Battlestar. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Battlestar Homebrew. Creative ways to get around the sensors. So. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, gentlemen, very much. That was a nice, concise conversation. Uh, definitely keeping this less than 45 minutes, which is a welcome thing. Uh, <laughs> we tried. So uh, next month, we're going to be, be just a discussion between Paul and me once again. We'll be discussing writing death scenes. Mm. Not that I know if Paul has written a death scene yet, but we're going to talk about the dynamics, the set up and all the proper way to do that. And the key reason to do that is we're going to also be doing starting just as we had the Virginia Comic Con this past month uh, in month of February. We are at the Virginia Festival of the Book on March 19th and we're going to be opening it up to people visiting the AS21 table to record their own what they what their favorite death scene in a book was. So if you're coming to the Virginia Festival of the Book Stop by the AS21 table, get to meet me, get to meet Corey. Also, there will be AS21 creative James D. King, author of the sci-fi novella High First Contact. But if you, you know, just contribute a couple lines, just like we had in last month's episode, uh, you can get featured on the podcast and bring a little bit uh diversity, a little bit of diversity uh, to what people can listen to. And also, we'll have something special for you. We're not going to tell you what here. We're going to save that for an announcement later in the week. But there'll be something special for you if you're willing to take part in the podcast. And we're we're going to have an event. We're going to, we're taking part in book fairs almost one every month throughout the rest of the year. So while March we're at Charlottesville, in April we're at the Kensington Day of the Book in Kensington, Maryland. In May we'll be at the Gaithersburg Book Festival in Gaithersburg, Maryland. And then in June, we go back to Richmond for the next Virginia Comic-Con. So hit us up at any of those events. We'll have a topic that we'll be discussing in this podcast that we'll be asking for live input on. So if you see us, you may be your chance to get on our podcast, to give your feedback or to contribute your own thoughts and feelings on whatever matter we're discussing for that month. So... This wraps up Chapter 12 of the Publish Me Podcast First Reaction. Thank you very much to Corey Parker for joining us once again. Uh, I promise, Corey, we're not going to have you back in two months. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to get, <laughs> okay. we'll put a little bit more time between you, this and your next appearance on the podcast. Hopefully, it will be closer to Paul being finished with the book. Working on it. Working on back. it. <laughs> yes. Yes, not that he's under the gun or anything. Uh, don't become one of those crazy uh, George R. R. Martin fans who, you know, threatens to egg his house if he doesn't finish in two weeks. Yes. It takes time to write a great book. Yes. I, I, you know. I'm not going to. Yep. I know. Uh, yeah, it took me five years to write a 40,000 word novel. So we're, we're going to give Paul some time here. <laughs> If and, this takes uh, me, if this takes me more than three years, take me out behind the chemical shed and shoot me. <laughs> this should not take oh. that long. 
Well, considering the time and the effort you're putting into this, and the fact that we're keeping you working by having this podcast series. So. Woohoo! Work! Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, alright. So once again, thank you for listening. If you want to keep up with us, find us on Twitter at Published Podcast. Facebook.com slash Published Podcast. We're on Google+. Plus. We're on a couple other social media sites. You can also email us at publishpodcast at as21.com and then of course visit our home on the web media.as21.com where you can find out about us as well as any of the other wonderful podcast series offered from AS21 in past month we saw exponential growth as we've gone from just having the partner podcast, poetry podcast uh, passion on the page we now have our weekly news podcast literally this week and we have a monthly podcast from Age 21 Creative Eileen Vega, who was a guest on the po- this podcast back in November. She started her own monthly podcast called Sex Vexed Perplexed with the Modern War that is coming out on the 28th of the month. So be sure to check out for that. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or just go ahead to media.age21.com. That site that is also hosted on Podomatic, just as we are here. So check them out. Lots of good content there. And we're even planning yet another podcast yet to come. So be on the lookout for that. So thank you again for listening. And remember, if you want to sign up for our email list, that you get emailed out uh, information every time the podcast comes out. And plus, you may get information whenever we have special events coming up. Be sure to do that. You can find out how to do that at media.as21.com. So, for AS21 Publishing, I am Keith F. Shovlin, publisher and chief creative. And as always, I am Paul Russell. Remember, where there are thoughts and ideas, there are stories. Looking forward to seeing everyone next month. Copyright 2015, AS21 Publishing, LLC. All rights reserved. AS21 Publishing, what do you want your book to be? (laughs) 